Welcome to the Will Bradham Podcast, where crazy meets genius. Good Friday morning. Welcome to the Will Bradham Podcast. As always, I am your most humble, gracious, and uh, hopefully chocked full of knowledge host, James Wilkes Bradham. So, I was going to wait till this evening to do a podcast, and I'm actually traveling back to Cleveland, Mississippi right now. Um, I got Pepper in tow back here in the back seat holding it down. You know, I've noticed that um, this dog farts more than uh, anybody or anything I've ever met in my entire life, and it is uh, it's like swamp gas inside the cab of the truck. But anyway, I'll manage. Uh, just in case you hear him in the background, uh, he's panting because it's a solid 68 degrees inside my truck. And so uh, he's obviously hot and uncomfortable. But um, while he's riding on leather seats. But the reason I'm going to put this out today and I'm going to post it on Facebook and, and other social media is uh, I've, I've read some comments from people that I know and, uh, and I like that have said complaining about this student loan forgiveness is akin to um you know why why if we're complaining about that but we didn't complain businesses didn't complain about getting uh, ppp loans for those of y'all who don't know ppp loans are or were the payroll protection program that was established by the uh, federal government uh back in I don't know August maybe of 2020 so most all of us remember March of 2020 and that's when the uh, uh, COVID pandemic started and we uh, shut down for you know 14 days to flatten the curve which um, in some cases is still going on almost two and a half years later. Uh, it makes a lot of sense. But nonetheless, we uh, companies were basically forced to shut down. There were those of us that were deemed essential, which again, every damn business is essential or it wouldn't exist. It's essential to somebody. But we were all deemed, you know, some of us were deemed essential and still able to operate. Now, even though we may have been operating, we were probably operating at one quarter capacity of what we normally would do. I can go ahead and tell everyone listening, there's not a damn business out there that wanted to take a PPP loan. Because in February, first part of March, all of us were marching along pretty good. The economy was pretty solid. Um, life was good. I'm not going to lie to you. Four best years I've had in business, period, were 2017, 18, 19, and most of 20. <clears throat> so there was no reason for us to want to shut down and stop that gravy train just being honest with you this the argument is comes from a lack of understanding about 
business and actually how the PPP loans worked. Did I take one? Bet your sweet ass I did. Why wouldn't I? <clears throat> the government forced companies to shut down. And while you might say, well, you're a, you were an essential business and you were able to stay open, okay, but most businesses that did business with us were not allowed to stay open. And I can sit here and rattle those things off all day long if you want me to and if you're willing to listen to what I'm saying. That's the problem, is that nobody's willing to listen to what people are saying. But just to give you a little background, most businesses make between 10, 8 to 10 percent is what you want to call your net profit. Now, net profit is when all overhead, all expenses, all employees have been paid. You have written every single check you're going to write. <clears throat> That's called net profit. Now, if you're a business owner and you've made it through that crucial first three to five years, um, that's what your take-home looks like in most all cases. Now, I'm not talking about big, major uh, corporations that are, you know, global business. They may pull some more margin than that. You know, I mean, if you're somebody who created a widget that everybody can't live without and you can charge what you want, your margins are probably significantly higher. For those of us that are in the service industry or in the retail industry or in the restaurant business or damn near any damn business you can think of, um, besides major medical health care, uh, you don't make a lot of money. You don't profit a lot of money. You make your money off of volume. People that employ a lot of individuals uh, pay out a lot of what's called payroll taxes. Now, some of you may be confused and think, oh, well, payroll taxes, that's what I pay in for my Social Security and for my um, FICA and, and uh, Medicaid or whatever. No, that's not all of your payroll taxes, okay? That's not the money that you make as an individual and then comes out of your check. No. No, 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 no. We still, as a corporation, pay in the gross payroll. So, just to simplify shit, if you work 40 hours a week and you get paid $20 an hour, you grossed $800. Then you take out your taxes, which is the money that you independently owe back to the state of Mississippi or to the federal government. At the end of the year, you get your tax return. So that's the money that you get back. Realize that you've paid in way, way, way more in most cases if you're working you've paid in way, way, way more than you'll ever get back on a tax return. Businesses are extremely different. I don't know hardly any business owners that get money back as a tax return. Doesn't happen. Why? We're viewed differently. But the one thing that we do pay in are payroll taxes. 
that's money that the state of Mississippi gets. That's money that your city gets. You pay out, you might even pay like tourism taxes. You pay all different kind of things as a business owner. You can go ahead and chalk up an additional 20 to 25 percent. Pepper, good night, son. On top of your payroll, and those are called payroll taxes. We don't ever see that money. That comes out of our accounts every pay period. So, again, I want you to start thinking in terms of how business works. So, in a year's time frame, <clears throat> depending on the size of your business, 20% on top of whatever you're paying in payroll. If you have a million dollars in payroll, you might have $200,000 a year in payroll taxes that come out of your company. So when you're discussing the difference between uh, PPP loans or PPP money that was forgiven, I don't want you to forget that we will that individuals still have to pay taxes on that. That is um, uh, unearned income. Okay, so we're still paying taxes on this. We're getting taxed on money that we've already been taxed on multiple times over and over and over again. So essentially, most businesses got back roughly around what they pay in payroll taxes in a year. Is that a lot of money? I mean, yeah, technically it can be a substantial amount of money. But it's money that's already been worked for, paid in. We just simply got back a portion of what we pay in. And again, are going to be taxed on it again once it's forgiven. So, but when you're talking about student loans and why would somebody be upset if they got their PPP loan paid off or forgiven, but, and then also, and then mad that a student or an adult took out a loan at a university and then got ten to twenty thousand dollars of it forgiven. Here's the difference. Business owners didn't ask to be shut down. Nobody would have ever known what a PPP loan was because it didn't exist before August of 2020. How long have people known and understood how debt works? Now, if you're 18 years old and you don't understand how debt works, that's a problem with either A, your parents, or B, the institutions that you went to for high school. Because if they're not explaining to you how debt works, or when you took out a student loan and you didn't understand how the payments worked or the interest worked, I, I, again, that's not necessarily society's problem, that is a problem with education. Someone, somewhere, should have taught you how these worked and that they were going to have to be forgiven and paid back. Um, I do feel extremely sorry for young men and women 
that take out $40,000, $60,000, $80,000, $100,000 worth of student loans only to get a job and sit next to someone that has their GED. This is where you should be upset. I'm going to tell you two avenues where you should be extremely upset. One, higher education has lied to you. Big business hasn't told you that you have to have a degree to work there. Go ask the businesses. I would tell you that I've worked for two Fortune 500 companies and one company that covers, I don't know, about five states. That's the extent, oh, and I'm sorry, I worked for a, a, a financial institution right out of college and I did that for about um, six months before they were pulled out of the state of Mississippi. So in every scenario, I was never asked for my diploma. They did no verification that I had a diploma. I could have told them all kind of shit. Hell, I went to Wake Forest. You know? I went to University of Nebraska. They would have never known. They never asked. It might have been on the application. I could have written down anything I wanted to, and the odds of them checking that are slim to none. And I'm talking more along the lines of business. So anything that has to do with business. Never had it asked of me. I learned quickly after sweating my tail off waiting tables and bartending and selling shoes that every dime that I made and paid into Delta State University, which is where I went to college, had a great time, but that was paid off of sweat equity. When I left there, I didn't owe anyone a dime. But I can tell you the disappointment that I had when I realized that not only did 90% of my education never, still to this day at age 43, never came into play, but that I was never asked. Like, no business cared. And again, I'm not talking about going and working for mom and pop shops. I'm talking about Fortune 500 massive, massive corporations. Never asked and never cared. Not once did they care. So you have to ask yourself, where's the disservice? Is it for a young man or a young lady that goes and spends $60,000, $80,000 getting a master's degree in art literature? I mean, that's cool and everything, but where does, where does it apply to get a job to pay back that loan? I think that's where most people are so frustrated is they're told, get a degree, and all your problems are going to be solved. You're going to be making so much money you won't be able to see straight. You can't spend it all. And then the real world hits and they don't make enough money to pay rent, live, and pay back that money. Someone should have told them. 
The second thing I would be pretty upset about, and this ties into PPP loans, and I've talked about this before, everyone should be fighting mad, not at the businesses that took money so that they could stay open and keep people employed. You should be fighting mad at the people that came up with a Schedule C, which for those of you who don't know, a Schedule C is a one-page document that shows you own a sole proprietorship or you work for yourself. And you have something like a hair salon at your home or you take care of four or five children. Um, you know, you sit with somebody that's elderly. You cut grass. A lot of people do a Schedule C. Now, most businesses that I would trust don't do a Schedule C. They're incorporated or they're an LLC, a limited liability corporation. They filled out Schedule C's for businesses that do not exist. And they got PPP money. Simple. $20,000, $30,000, $50,000. You want to be mad? You can't count on both hands individuals that were in Bolivar County, Mississippi that got over $100,000. But it would take you two months to count all the people that got money, $20,000, $30,000 for businesses that don't even exist. That's where you should be mad. You want to be mad about your student loan forgiveness and why it hasn't happened? Be mad at the fact that we are in never-ending wars and the fact that we have sent $58 billion to Ukraine and now you found out that most of that money was for weapons that they didn't even use. They're selling off to other countries. I'd be mad about that. The argument holds no water to be able to compare someone being upset about student loan forgiveness and the fact that a business took, a, a legitimate business took a PPP loan that we would have never ever wanted. We were forced to shut down. And then here comes a little bit of our extremely hard-earned tax dollars back to the business that employs people. It's crazy to make the argument. It's not valid. Stop making it. No one in this country should have to be forced to pay for someone else's college education that they knew full well they were the ones taking out the loan and they would have to pay it back and then they realized my degrees are worthless and I can't make enough money to pay these back. That is not my problem. And again, if you want to argue about PPP loan forgiveness, what most businesses could have done and still did was shut the doors completely. And when you run out of businesses out there to pump money into the system, to pay taxes, to employ people. You think you were in trouble? You hadn't seen trouble till all these places decide they're going to close up. Stop making the argument. It's foolish. 
ladies and gentlemen, I'm hitting that 19 minute mark and uh, for God's sakes, would y'all start using some damn common sense? This is simple. And it sounds idiotic when you don't do the research, but you go straight to the keyboard. I still love you. I just want to set the record straight for you. As always, I'm your most humble and gracious host, Will Bradham, signing off. Bye-bye. Uh,